in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the CEO Raider podcast. It is your host, John Mayetta. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcast content. Visit us at CEORader.com. Check out our notes product at CEORader. Today I wanted to talk about disintermediation. I covered this topic from the perspective of Google in episode 185, where I talked about Yelp, Glassdoor, and perhaps some others making their results available in Google search, and as a result, getting disintermediated. So for example, in the case of Yelp, publishing their reviews in the case of Glassdoor, publishing their reviews directly to Google search results. So let's say, for example, in the case of Yelp, you're looking at a particular restaurant and you see the Yelp reviews in the Google search results. Well, it obviates the need for the user to go to Yelp in that instance. So as a result, less web traffic to Yelp, less people going to Yelp, therefore means less people writing reviews on Yelp, and you've created this sort of vicious circle that Yelp's not going to be able to get out of. OpenTable is another one that does this. Glassdoor was recently acquired by a Japanese company, Recruit Holdings. So if, if companies willingly make their core content available to a large platform player like Google, or Apple in the App Store, where users can find the content without having to to pay for it or without having to visit the source's site directly, then it obviates the need for the end user to interact with the source. And therefore, the value proposition of the source diminishes. And in the case of Google, it's it's kind of scary if you're Yelp and OpenTable. I think Google's effectively killed both of those companies, even, even if those companies aren't aware of it. But Google also has a review business, as you're probably aware, whether it's restaurant reviews or product reviews, they, they have reviews. So while Yelp reviews and open table reviews are shrinking because less people are going to the platform and publishing reviews, the reviews on the Google platform are, are growing. So those guys, in the case of open table and Yelp, have done more than shoot themselves in the foot. I think they shot themselves in the head. I think they're they're both dead and they may know it they may not know it but they've got to figure that out there may be a way to come back from the dead before too much damage is done to their review business but they've got to move quickly so i wrote an article at tech today over the weekend titled don't be disintermediated where we cover what i just covered with with google but we also talk about you know the content business to a degree netflix disintermediating some of the uh, content producers the you know the movie studios same sort of process as 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 google whereby you have the the content producers basically giving exclusive rights to to netflix to 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 show the content and in the process the 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 studios become disintermediated from their end customer as the long-term benefits accrue to netflix the relationships the customer relationships accrue to netflix not to the movie producers the content producers i think that's going to change a little bit as as disney rolls out its OTT competitor to Netflix in 2019. And I think over time, Disney will pull their content from Netflix and make it exclusively available on their streaming service. So that would be Marvel content, Star Wars content. That would be the legacy Disney content. The the Fox Disney deal, if that closes, that would be the, the Fox uh content and so you could have a powerful competitor to to netflix in the streaming space i think hbo sort of showed the path back in 14 or so 2014 when they rolled out their their over the top service and so we we touch on all that in the article and we touch on independent retail sort of the 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 catalyst for the article was 
independent wine retail. My wife plays a, a bit in the in the wine business. She's been in the industry for a few years, from production to retail, sort of across the whole supply chain. And one of the companies she had mentioned, I wasn't aware of, in there. They're in New England. They're based in Boston. There's a company called Drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y, founded by a couple of former Bain consulting guys, if I'm not mistaken. And Drizzly sort of follows the you know the Amazon approach, the Netflix approach to to retail. So they allow independent uh, wine shops, liquor stores to sell their inventory on Drizzly. But in doing so, the long-term benefits accrue to Drizzly. So you, you sort of you lose your branding as an independent retailer. Uh, Drizzly does not have a, a digital storefronts the way Amazon does. And frankly, I think the digital storefronts on, on Amazon for third-party sellers are, are, are terrible. I think they're not dilutive. Not that that's a, that storefronts are an answer, but Drizzly doesn't even have that. So there's no no branding opportunity available for the independent retailer on the Drizzly platform. And so it's basically you know, product centric. They're not doing the retailer any favors other than to maybe expand the revenue opportunity in the short term. Although I, I, I wonder because with, with a platform like Drizzly, the, the MO is essentially to, to commoditize the retailer, to squeeze the retail out and it becomes purely about the inventory and then it just becomes a pricing game. So in the, if we're talking about bottles of wine, a like for like bottle of wine, if you're a consumer, you're going to buy it from the, uh, the low-cost provider on the Drizzly platform. So it becomes a commodity pricing game. It, it's not, you don't really care as the consumer who's selling that bottle of wine. You're just interested in the bottle of wine and you're trying to get it, uh, you're trying to purchase that bottle at the, at the lowest cost available. Whereas if you're an independent wine retailer, we'll stick with that example because I'm more familiar with that example, you may sell other goods. Maybe you sell high-end cheeses. Maybe you sell olive oil. Maybe you sell artesian breads. Maybe you sell whatever, other foodstuffs, cured meats. Maybe one of the things that you sell, one of the things you, you should be selling as an independent wine store location is your knowledge. If you're somebody who, who travels, meet with, meets with distributors, both in the U.S. and maybe in Western Europe, and you have depth of knowledge about wine or about particular regions, and you've carved out a niche, all that sort of goes out the door if you make your stuff available on Drizzly. Because Drizzly, it's not, hey, here's the wine retailer's tasting notes. It's here's where uh, John Doe said about the wine because he purchased it a week ago. So it, Drizzly leverages user reviews, kind of like we leverage on CEO Raider. So it's less about what the knowledgeable wine retailer may have to say and more about what the, the consumer has to say. So the retailer is really squeezed out of the platform. They are effectively disintermediated by Drizzly. And what's interesting about disintermediation, whether we're talking about the Google example, Netflix, Amazon, Drizzly, those who become disintermediated willingly become disintermediated. They voluntarily sell their wares on the platform that disintermediates them. So it's like not only they put the gun to their own head, but then they pull the trigger. And so it's, it's an interesting strategic subject. It's a subject that affects not only the independent retailer, the small mom and pops, but also affects, I mean, large public companies. A lot of these uh, movie production houses voluntarily gave exclusivity to Netflix years and years ago 
And it wasn't like they didn't have the resources or the business experience or the strategic wherewithal to think this issue through. They did. But I, I think what happens is, is people see, and it doesn't matter if you're a mom and pop entrepreneur or a part of a public company, a you know, board member in a public company, a CEO at a public company, people see the short-term dollar opportunity and they don't think about, or if they think about, they sort of ignore the longer-term strategic risk, which ultimately could mean their, their demise. That's all for now. See you next time.